as we demystify the fat experience through discussions of sex, art, swimwear, and and each other. We try to keep it light, but it can definitely get heavy. So So come come with with us. What up, podcast babies? I'm Jossie Oliver. I'm Maureen Smith. I'm Makita Loney. And today, we're going to talk about the doctor and going to it. Boo. And dealing and navigating with all the things that come with being fat and going to a doctor. Yeah. Um, we originally were not going to talk about this one today just because we wanted um, some more. We, we wanted to approach it. Initially, we wanted to approach it in a different way. We decided to, pro- to approach it more anecdotally. And so if you're listening to this and want more like hard hitting facts, we would love to revisit this, but I just want to put up front, this is going to be an anecdotal conversation about things that we've personally experienced at doctors um, and coping mechanisms and our personal journeys in that respect, if that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so let's just, I, this, this kind of came up we were talking because we just recorded another episode and maureen you're going to i'm going to see a doctor for the first time in five years and if uh when you're listening to this i will have already seen that doctor yeah but um yeah it's it is i'm uh i'm nervous (laughs) and um part of this is that i we, ha- we just started having a conversation sitting here talking about like ways that we handle going to the doctor and like coping mechanisms and techniques and ways that you can advocate for yourself. And like it just the com- the conversation was too good not to share, yes. basically. Um, so, Jesse, I know that you're very confident in doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could kind of talk about your experience and like how you got to that point. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things like, um, I grew up, I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I've talked about before, but because I didn't get a diagnosis until adulthood, I had all these weird things happening to me in childhood that required me to be at a doctor, like all the time that, uh, just never got accurately diagnosed. Like, um, one thing that happens with uh, kids with Ehlers-Danlos is they have a lot of ear problems and they're weird ear problems. So like I had my eardrums rupture when I was a kid. Right. And like, so I was just in and out of doctor's offices all the time. Um, and everything was so very scattered and weird, but it's all connective tissue based, which is now why one of the things when the doctor who actually diagnosed me with Ehlers-Danlos asked me, did you have a lot of very strange ear problems as a child? I was like, which? <laughs> yeah. I was like, like what? Yes. Um, so, like, I grew up having to be at doctors a lot. I grew up hearing how, you know, uh, my fatness was a problem a lot. And there was something that happened 
I uh, we I will talk about this more in a motorcycle ridiculous going motorcycle by my apartment. Uh, I will talk about this more in an episode I know we have coming up about like one of my main inroads to reclaiming my body was like weightlifting. Yes. And I found myself the thinnest I had ever been in adulthood and having so many body problems, like dislocating my hips, dislocating my knees, dislocating. I was like, what is happening? And I would go to the doctor and they would say, you just need to lose more weight. You just need to lose more weight. And I snapped. <laughs> like there was something that like, you know, the moment where like, I, I mean, it's like the, uh, like that, like that is not the answer because I am literally the thinnest I have ever been. Yeah. And not that, like, it wasn't an intentional weight loss thing. It just sort of like weight was coming off of me because I was working out so much and I had adjusted how I had been eating uh, because it was uh, the same exact time that I was told you can't eat gluten anymore. Like there was just like a lot of, my body was just in upheaval in many ways, some good ways, some bad ways, right? Yeah. And I finally was like, no, that is not the answer. And I said no and was like, nope. And the doctor was like, well, well, well. And I was like, great, you're bad at your job. Because if you can't give me any other response than lose weight, then you're actually not listening or paying attention to the things I'm saying. And it was like my middle fingers in the air I'm sorry, I ain't sorry moment. Because I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not engaging this anymore. And then I decided I'm not getting on scales anymore. Unless you need that number for a medication that is correlative to weight, you don't need to know that number. I like just sort of had this moment where I was like, I am done doing this with you. I am done giving you this information that you only use as a weapon against me. You know, like, take my blood pressure. It's always going to be fine. Take my, you know, like, I know my body well enough to know this will be fine. Mm -hmm. And I dislocated my right knee because I tripped and fell and dislocated the knee. And I went to uh, Chicago Women's Health Center. And there was a practitioner there who... Um, was asking me some questions about something completely unrelated. And I was like, yeah, well, I dislocated my knee at work and uh, I've been getting that taken care of, but it's through workman's comp. So I have to go through very specific doctors and yada, yada, yada you know, because our healthcare system is- A broken. Is broken. Uh, and this doctor says to me, wait, I'm sorry, can you back up? Do you dislocate things regularly? And I was like, oh all the time and I like started like listing all of the weird things and they were the person who was like did you have weird ear problems as a kid did you have and like they asked like four or five other things uh one of which was like can you show me your thumb because I have a pretty extreme curve in my thumb uh -huh. like that is a sign of Ehlers like Whoa. I had like all of these they this practitioner started asking like very specific questions and I went Oh, and they were like, yeah, we're going to run the test, but I've never seen someone who's more of a clear-cut case of this than you. Like, you very clearly have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And it just happened that um, they... I really believe part of it is that they are non-binary, mm -hmm. and so they themselves are in a um, marginalized body. 
And I said something in passing, but they actually listened to it and said, wait, I need you to rewind for a second. Can you explain? And I said to them, I was like, I have historically just been told that I need to lose more weight. But what I know to be true is the more weight I lost, the worse this got. And what we realized was that I had uh, all the weight was holding my joints in place. Oh wow. my God. And so when I lost all the weight, there was your, nothing holding. Your joints were just like, blue. Well, look at fucking that medical America. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so because I was like, it has gotten so bad. And I mean, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why it's so bad. And they asked, like, have you, like, lost a lot of weight? And I was like, yeah. And, like, and I was like, I lost a lot of weight. And it wasn't even, like, you know, like, again, this is not, um, I want to be really mindful. Like, I hope this isn't triggering to people because it wasn't intentional weight loss. Yeah, no, it was just circumstantial of, like, a change All in diet changes, due yeah. to... <laughs> like a a necessary change in diet and the increase in physical activity correct a plus b equals c (laughs) correct um well because the other thing is with ehlers-danlos gluten inflames all your connective tissue and your stomach is completely made of connective tissue so i was having all of these stomach issues and so the doctor i was seeing in denver was like you like i am just convinced it's gluten and they were actually in many regards, correct. There was just another underlying yeah. thing. Right. Um, so, yes. So these two things sort of happen to coincide. And then I lose this weight and my body is just like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm just like, I feel like a scarecrow. <laughs> like, like, <gasps> like I was in a rehearsal and went to point and you could hear my shoulder pop out of place and pop back in place. And I was like, I don't know what is wrong. And I was, like, bruised everywhere because that's also, like, a big sign. So, like, my body just, like, ramped up in, like, it just had no, it was not. Yeah. My joints were, like, I don't know how the fuck to help you. So, this experience, like, first of all, A, knowing I was right. Knowing that there was something wrong, that people weren't listening to me and, like, but knowing that I, there was like a validation and that I was like, great. I am too old to deal with this bullshit. Uh, I am going to go into every doctor I go to from here on in with a plan where I say, I do not get on the scale. I do not do this. I have this, this, and this. This is what I need. These are my issues. I know my body and I will make you listen to me. Yeah. And if you don't, I will call you out in that room for not listening to me. Like, period. Yeah. Or I can just go see someone else. Like, I went to a practitioner and they kept referring to my body as fluffy. Whoa. Oh, that's... Oh, shit. I don't know why that got me, but it very much did. Well, and this was like... The thing that also was sort of baffling to me was... um, This was a... Uh, person who identifies as non-binary and is probably about a size 14 and I was like your internalized fat phobia is being projected onto me and I kept trying to be like fat every time they would say fluffy I'd be like fat yeah fat because this was after my beloved 
a practitioner at Chicago Women's Health Center who diagnosed me accurately with this thing left there. So I was like trying to find a new practitioner and I go to this practitioner and I was like, I like, you know that moment where you're like, I know what you think you're trying to do. You've right. been calling me fluffy as like, like nice softening the blow. And I'm like, I oh, bitch. am <laughs> like a oh, fatty, fat, fat, fat. I'm yeah, and I keep trying to reprogram like the language we're using in that moment of yeah. saying fat, 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 and they just and I was like, cool. I'm not going to come back to you. So then I asked to be reassigned to someone else. You know, right. like, I just have no problem saying um, I need someone else. Yeah. And I think that is just an imperative part of this process. Uh, I, this is one thing, I mean, where I think our age, this is an age difference thing in some ways. Mm-hmm. Not, not to yeah. be diminishing. It's sure. just that, like... It, I spent so many years not being listened to that I finally was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to demand you listen to me. Right. I yeah. am not going to listen. You have to listen to me. Yeah. I, the thing, so my initial doctor's appointment was scheduled for this, like a couple days ago and my insurance was fucked up. And so it, the appointment didn't happen. Um, but I did get to see like the intake forms and it was very, it was very inclusive. And because my insurance was fucked up, the person at the front desk was like, listen, I think it would be a good idea if you rescheduled, like, don't worry about this appointment. Like, we're going to get you in as soon as possible after this. Like, you know, I just would hate to see you charged with the price of a visit, which could be upwards of $200 if you don't need to be. Yeah. And like Wait, that. Wait, checkups covered by insurance? Just. But my insurance was fucked up. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Duh. So because my, because, like they were saying that my insurance policy wasn't active. It was, but she was like, I don't want to risk it. Right. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather you not get saddled with a bill. Which that nice. Yeah. It was very nice. And like, the forms were asking about pronouns and preferred names. They asked about like the gender on my driver's license and the gender that I assign, that I, you know, that I self assign. Um, yeah. And like, awesome. you know, I'm a cisgendered, I'm a cisgendered person, but like, holy shit. That's always, I, I do, I mean, I really do think like, because that is, um, a more clearly demarked way people talk about marginalized bodies, right? Like you can't, yeah. like on a form, that is a way where I'm like, oh, you, I can tell you respect marginalized bodies. Yes. Right. Same with tattoo artists, right? Like yeah. tattoo artists who ask your pronouns on their intake forms. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm, I see you, yeah. great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a big thing. It's a big thing to... Um, To see them validate marginalized bodies in some way, it automatically wins my trust. Yeah. And something that I had a lot of trepidation about going into that initial appointment was that I, something I know about you is that you refuse to be weighed at doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. And whenever I've gone to doctor's offices, I've been weighed and it always sucks it is never fun. 
Like, for no, getting weighed is, isn't fun for anybody. Like, yeah. who likes being weighed? It's terrible. And, but I've been so, like. Also, like, that number is so. It can change in five hours. It can change in five hours. <laughs> I mean, when Brooke was here and Brooke was talking about uh, her lymphedemia, like, being like, I can fluctuate 15 pounds in a day, depending yeah. on how much water I'm carrying, yeah. right? Like, or someone like me, like, I will tell you, my mother and I once were literally wearing the same size and I weighed 100 pounds more than her because I am a tank of a human and have so much more muscle than most people. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't need to know that number. Yeah. Unless you're assigning me a medicine that is required to be calibrated based on weight. Well, and something that we were talking about And, like, all of that is amazing, but, like, in my mind, the social anxiety behind it of, like, how do I look a person in the face who is standing next to a scale who has weighed 15 other people that day? How do I look that person in the face and say, I don't do that? I I, I hear that. I think, for me, the anxiety the scale causes outweighs the social anxiety. yeah, yeah. So that, like, I have to play that game in my head. It is, a like, sort of a if-then statement. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, where you're like, if I do this, then my reaction will be this. But if I do this, then my reaction is this. And this reaction will be lesser than this reaction. Yeah. Right? And, and something that you mentioned, like, actual phrasing that you said, that you mentioned before that is, I think, fantastic, is the use of triggers and saying... I cannot be weighed. It is very triggering to me. I am rec- I am in recovery of disordered eating. If I were to get on that scale, it would really negatively affect me. Mm-hmm. So I, unless you strictly need the exact number, I cannot get on that scale. Yeah. And that is language that I feel comfortable using because like, first of all, it's true. <laughs> Right. Exactly. I mean, this is, yeah. I was, because before we started recording, I made the joke, I just like go into my doctor's office and whomever is doing intake. I'm just like, no, don't do that. But that's because there's an establishment that like, I've explained why I don't do it to my doctor. They know I'm not going to do it. And at this point, I'm just like, nope, don't do that. Let's keep walking. Right. Yeah. And like, but opening up that door for vulnerability and even saying to the intake person, right? Because the intake person is usually not the doctor. Right. Saying, um, I would rather, thank you. I know you're doing your job. I need to discuss this with the doctor. And then like have them mark it in your chart. Yeah. That you don't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like that is honestly, because listen, knowing the exact number of what I weigh, like, if you walk into a doctor's office, if, if you're a doctor and you walk into the room where I'm sitting and you are fat phobic, knowing the number versus looking at anything. me, it's, it's not going to change anything. You're going to look at me and you're going to be like fat <sighs> person. Yeah. And I don't, you know, for as many things have, as I, all of us in this room have unpacked in uh, our journey of like self-love and self-appreciation, for some reason, that is so that number is so hardwired in my oh, brain. Oh God! Oh yeah. That I will beat myself up, even though I have I don't give one single solitary fuck about it. I will beat myself up if I hear it. No, because like, and I have like a number in my head that I'm like, oh man, if this, if, if yeah. this, yeah. if this, then I'm done. It's over. Like, 
And like, if I, I, if I were to get on the scale and, and like see that, like all of this like self love and like all of this stuff that I've been cultivating and working so hard for, it would be washed away. And I deserve so much better than that. Right. Washed away for something that takes 15 seconds. Exactly. And that is, I have no interest in that game. Right. No. None. And I just sort of frame it that, like, if you don't need this number, I don't want to give you that number. Yeah. That's just, like, the it, because it's not good for me. And people will try and do the thing where they say, well, you can turn around or you can do that. And I'm just like, no. No, That's because not- I'm going to hear the clunks. I'm going right. to. Yes. You're like, you don't think that, like, like this or is the a- people that, like, mutter to themselves when they're, like, writing it down. Yeah, no. Like, no. Like, there's there's so much. And then, like, what if you give it to the doctor? The doctor doesn't know, like, what we spoke about. They just read it out loud. It's like, okay, well, fuck. Fuck you, right. too. Thanks right. a lot. Right. You know? So it's like, clearly, you don't get, like, no. There's also, mm, I'm thinking of, um, I'm, uh, well, I because we briefly mentioned it in the episode we just recorded, but that Bill Maher thing about bringing fat shaming back. Oh, yeah. There is no oh. one who shames fat people more than the fat person. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. There's no one who's shaming us more all, than ourselves. We are all worst enemies. Yes. And time. so, like, that number is something that has been historically used to make us participate in that cycle. Oh, yeah. yeah. That cycle does not make me better. Yeah. No, it makes me worse. Because statistically, we know that fat shaming does not lead to anything positive. No. And so, so outside that, we know that from outside people, but you know what really, who it destroys is the inside person. So if I'm internally fat shaming myself because of that number, I go in a spiral for weeks. Oh yeah. Oh, same. And like, I just don't see the point of doing that because you know what I'm doing right now? I'm going to the gym. I am uh, being mindful of like eating the way my body feels good. I'm right. doing all those things. That number will actually make it harder for me to do those things. Like I have quit gyms because I was fat shamed, which like oh, yeah. by, yeah, which like by, you know, <laughs> by Bill Maher's logic, it should be the opposite. I sh- like by Bill's by Bill Maher's logic. I should be told, "Hey, you fat piece of shit! Like, you're terrible." I should be like, oh, "You're right. I should join a gym." Now I want to change. <laughs> you know, what? as a as a person that was raised off of that model, let me tell you, it doesn't fucking work. And I'm no. sorry, I'm about to get like real emotional because like that shit like really grinds my gears. You know, like we had scales in our fucking classrooms. Like yeah. we were, yeah, like we were weighed as like tiny kids. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, none of this matters to like my learning. Like my mom will take me to a million different doctors hoping that one of them will fucking like, you know, beat it into me that I'm finally going to die when I turn 25 because of how much weight I've gained or like blah, blah, blah. And she always thought that, you know, like, oh, well, I had to be mean to you because that's the only way that you were going to lose weight. I signed up for all those gyms. I did the whole like, you know, weight loss thing. I actually went through an eating disorder and she does not care. Yeah. Or at least like, it, it was just like, well, here I am. You know, you thought that all of that meanness was going to work. And here I am at the heaviest I've ever been. And I'm okay with that. You know, for once in my fucking life, like I don't know what I weigh. 
I actually go to the gym because I want to, and I have no idea what I, I know how much weight I can lift, mm-hmm. and that's the only fucking weight the that's number the that only fucking matters. I care about right. <laughs> only fucking number, and I could never fucking do that before. And here I am, so much stronger mentally, emotionally, this and that, and like I sometimes like shy away from calling her because I know she'll ask me how much weight have I lost since then. I will tell you, you just hit on something that I think is really, really important so much stronger mentally my mental health is so much better when i disengage from anything in diet culture and scales are part of that yes. oh yeah and so explaining that to a doctor explaining like hey health and wellness isn't just a number right, right. like that these like my spiritual well-being my mental well-being my the whole like fucking package. the whole fucking package is so much better when i don't Think. Look, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just, I have so much more free time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, g- good gravy. The amount of time <laughs> we spend hating ourselves because we are conditioned to do that is uh, exhausting. Yeah. And there are intersections of that, right? Uh, being women, being fat, being black, yeah. being like, I, I pointed to Kita. I'm not yeah. saying that about myself. Podcast people, you're not in the room with us. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, we spend so much time being told how we're bad and how we're wrong. Right. Can that it takes up energy. And energy, right. more than time, energy. Yeah. And on top of that, like adding on to that as well, it's just like, not only do you take energy and time from yourself and like that negative energy like within yourself, but like you also project that shit on other people because all the looks that we get. Oh, like, God. Like when, like, I, I can't like, I know when somebody does not like me, you know, or like not even like doesn't like me, but just like is so perplexed and confused about how I can carry myself with such confidence and wear a crop top and not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. Like I can see and I can tell you're not fucking low, you know? So it's just like all that negative energy when you could be feeding love into the world, but instead you hate yourself so much and you've been taught to like hate everything else so much. Well, it's like clearly she's fat. So like she's doing something wrong or she's negative or like, I don't understand how she could do that how could she eat that and not like you know and it's just like just how how do you have enough space and energy and time to project that onto people like other people as well you know yeah i so like to to get back to like specifically like coping mechanisms for how to handle doctors like i i think it's like the the first hurdle is that scale yeah. The second hurdle is the actual conversation. Yeah. I want to actually read the tweet that I yeah, read yeah, to you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull it up. Okay. So uh, this was a, tr- a tweet by someone at the handle at Y-A-M-Y-A-N, Yam Yam. Uh, and they posted, I just want to thank Black Women Twitter for teaching me that when I go to the doctor and request testing or medication and they say no, ask them to document refusal in the chart. I just tried it and it worked. Provider came back and said, I've reconsidered. You know your body slash life best. Uh, I think that's also a really important thing for fat people to hear. Yeah, for sure. Make them say, oh, great. I need you to document that in my Mm -hmm. chart then. Because if if they fail to provide you a test you are asking, and especially with fat women where we know we are the... um, uh, most likely to get diagnosed with cancer in a stage four. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, where something like that, where you're like, I want you to document that you didn't do that. You can go back and then sue that doctor and like for refusing to give you the test for documenting that they refused to give you the test. And this, I mean, not like, that I'm saying suing is always. Oh the yeah, answer, no, but I'm I mean, like, but like the thing is, and this, I mean, that the the overlooking of pain in women, like, isn't it? I mean, like, is a huge issue in fat women, but is also a huge issue just for women. A woman I went to college with was misdiagnosed and misdiagnosed and ignored and ignored and ignored into stage four colon cancer and died recently at the age of 30. Was she plus sized? No. No, just a woman, right? Just a woman. Yeah. Just a woman. I mean, not just, you know what no, I mean. No, but I mean, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, like, and like, very, like, straight sized, very conventionally attractive, by white, by every, by every account she should have been heard and listened to like the one of the most privileged people i've ever met in my entire life and she was ignored into stage four colon cancer like if if the upper echelon of society isn't going to be taken seriously what the fuck hope do we have right right it's horrible it's terrible so like any like and i hate like i'm not a combative person right and i think i (laughs) I mean, truly, I'm not either. I have learned how to do this because I am just no longer there. What I what I reframe it is it's not being combative. It's. It's back to this, like every human deserves things. The world doesn't owe you anything. And I have to be my own advocate. Do you know, like, yeah. I have spent so many years not having good advocates, whether it be my parents who are incapable of it or you, you know what I mean? Like. I had to learn how to be like, you have to learn how to do this for you. Yeah. Or you will be avoiding a doctor when you have a connective tissue disease is not possible. Yeah. So I have to learn how to train doctors to treat me the way I want to treat them. And is that a fucking fuck ton of emotional labor? Yes. Yeah. But is it critical for my well-being also? Yes. So it's like one of, again, that's like an if-then statement in my head where I'm like, I know I have to do this emotional labor to teach you how to treat me like a fucking human being, but also worth it because I dislocate my knees every couple of months. So, yeah. Well, and speaking of emotional labor, like something that we were talking about before we started recording was the conversation about that initial conversation with a doctor where the doctor enters the room looks at your chart, looks at you, whatever, and says, so I need to talk about your weight. Societally, the answer should be, no, you don't. Of course you don't. But as you mentioned, like many, many insurance insurance companies require them to do it. Exactly. And like it can negatively affect their practice if insurance companies find out that doctors aren't talking about weight loss, which is a whole systemic fucked up issue. So like to that question, you just need to go in there. Have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. And if you need to write shit down, write shit down. Oh, do, yeah. Like, like, do what works for you. What works for me is I literally 
pump myself up before going to like a new doctor. I like listen to like pump up jams and I walk in feeling like I'm like going to go weightlift. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where I'm like, cool, cool. I'm in this. I'm in this. And I'm like, you know, like I am ready to advocate for myself because I have to be. Mm-hmm. And now I'm lucky that I have a practitioner I've been seeing for over a year. And they like today I went and got my flu vaccination and my, you know, I went and got shots and he walked in and just like came up and gave me a hug and like, you know, like didn't mention no conversation about anything. Just like you're here for your flu shot. Right. Like, and that was it. Like, you know, he showed me pictures of his recent trip, but it was like, you know, like, it's just nice because I was that I have now built a, a, a relationship where there's an establishment of like, I am this person. And if I need you to do this, I will ask you to do this. Right. Like. No, like my, so my plan for my upcoming appointment is that I schedule it at a time of day where I feel best, which is the morning. I feel best in the morning because I'm a freak. Um, (laughs) um, I scheduled it. Yeah. So I scheduled it during a time of day where I feel confident and good and strong and alert and there. So. I'm also bringing my partner with me. Good. I'm like, even if he just sits in the waiting room, he's going to be there. Um, I'm, I'm going in there with a plan of what to say about being weighed. I'm going to invoke, I'm, I'm going to mention that I am in recovery from an eating disorder and that if I were to be weighed and, and that being weighed is very triggering and that it would negatively affect my mental health to be weighed and so would not like to be. Um, That's my plan for that. Uh, Going into the doctor, if the conversation about weight comes up, I'm going to mention the frequency with which I exercise and the fact that I am vegan, which like, you know, shouldn't have to bring that up, but here we are. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as fat people, we all know that when we go to doctors, there's a performative aspect. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, and am I going to exaggerate how often I work out? Of course. <laughs> of course I am. Well, because, like, if, you know, like, if, like, someone who is conventionally thin walks in and doesn't work out at all, the doctor's not going to be like, you know, you really should be working out. Like... Yeah. Like, it's just such a fucked up system. Right. Someone who's thin can eat significantly worse than I do, can not work out, can do, like, smoke, and they'll still be like, eh. Like, uh, I mean, like. You shouldn't do that, but, eh. And I, like. But it seems to be working out. (laughs) Right, because we we, uh, put an emphasis on weight over health. Oh, yeah. And I just. The number of skinny people that I have talked to about like nutrition and and like oh this is how you this is how you prepare that chicken breast in a in a way that'll make it you know it, the way the number of skinny people that I have taught like quote healthy eating is ridiculous. Oh. It is ridiculous. Again, the emotional labor piggy bank. Ka-ching, oh yeah, kaching kaching. We we could buy all the, the houses. House. Um, I'm going to have a house counter. (laughs) Keita, you said something interesting uh, off mic about your doctor is no longer the doctor. Yes. So 
this was like one of the weirdest experiences in my life in like the best way. So like I'm just gonna go through the whole story. Yeah, sure. Just to show you like so essentially long like to get to the end the end point is that I need to schedule a new doctor's visit and I am nervous too. Yeah. And here is why. So I went to urgent care last year. Um for a sinus problem like i started having like, a little bit of vertigo because my ears were like so fucked up i went to the doctor like went to urgent care met this like magical person that was just, like are you are you a, you're you're a doctor you're so nice he was so like nice and attentive and he was like okay and he was like you know we're just gonna do that like he was just so sweet and i was like this can't be real so like in my like whatever like dizzy days I was in I was like are you like a regular doctor because I'd love to see you again and he was like yeah here's my card and I was like holy shit so then I go back to the doctor and like I do my whole checkup and everything I just like um the way that this doctor's office does things because like like you know you do your labs or whatever and they'll, they'll sit down with you and explain exactly everything that's in your chart which I mean I was fine when I went but then, like, there were some more sensitive things I'm not ready to talk about yet. That yeah, I, like, absolutely. Spoke, like, I spoke about with him. And compared to the doctor that I, I used to go to, compared to him, it was night and day. It was just like, you know, like, we can work on this, blah, blah, blah. But you're doing fine. Like, I'm not worried about you. Like, clearly you're telling me you're doing this, you're doing X, you're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, just come back in a couple of months and everything will be fine. And then, like, a couple weeks later, he... I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but we all got an email saying that he no longer is taking patients because he's moved up and he's, like, overseeing something. Like, I think it was research or something like that. And it was just like, shit. Like, here I was, like, feeling empowered and excited to go to the doctor because I found somebody that, like, listened to me. And I feel like I might just go back to that office and see if, you know, there's somebody else that at least, like, is really... I think really... that's a good idea. And, like... It... If you, you you still have his card? Yeah. Yeah, I the I was like you should call him and yeah. tell him like these are the things I really um appreciated about yeah. your style as a doctor. Yeah. And as a a fat woman, it's hard to find that. Right. And then say can you please refer yeah, me to think, someone? Yeah. And I think that is like you found someone who helps advocate for you, he will yes. still help advocate. That's right cuz like yeah, like I just I don't know. It wasn't just like a, you need to lose weight and you need to do X and you need to do Y. And it was just, he was just like, no, like, I hear you. Like, you say you, you, you work out all the time. And I was like, yeah, this is what I do. And like, just like according to, you know, whatever. He was like, okay. And he just like believed me, you know, yeah. for once and didn't like try to, try to like stuff anything else in there. He was like, here's a suggestion about another place you can check out, you know? And that's it. Like, you call them don't call like you know it's like oh, totally up to you like there's no there was no forcing i even like recommended another friend who's also like plus size like that's bigger and she also had an amazing time too like it just and so it wasn't just like me being like oh my god like you know pie in the sky it was like no like he's just a genuinely nice person and i do need to go back for a checkup but i'm so f- afraid that like i have such a nice like, you know, like you have, like, this one really good, like, yeah. experience that nothing can, like, come that high. And, like, like hearing, like, you talk about, like, I mean, you know, like, Jesse, you know your doctor and stuff. And it sounds like you have a good experience with them. So it's just, like, I feel like I just got to do a little bit more digging. But I also told you guys off mic that that wasn't always. That was in the beginning. Right. Yeah, like, he kind of, I had this, I'll just share, share with the podcast universe. Yeah. 
Um, I have terrible allergies to mold and Chicago due to climate change is having like super bad mold issues. Mm. And last summer was like the first time we had a spike in mold counts. And I was like, what is happening to my lungs? Mm -hmm. Um, And I flew out to Denver and I was in Denver for like three days and the forest was literally burning. And I was like, I can breathe again. (laughs) You know, I'm like, well, it can't be like just bad air quality. Like, this is, like, very clearly something happening in Chicago. And I came back and I got an appointment with this doctor who I didn't know at the time. And um, he was like, well, I mean, are you sure it's not, like, a cardiopulmonary issue, you know, with your size? And I was like, I am sure it's not. I'm just, like, I, like, shut him down. I was like, it is not. And he was like, well, I have to, like, I don't know you yet. Are you sure? And I was like, I'm sure. And then he was like, well, how do you know? I was like, I was just in Denver and I was fine in Denver. And literally the forest was burning down and you could like, like, it wasn't like great air and I was much better. And I go, here's the thing. I'm going to Denver in two weeks. Let me make an appointment the day I get back, essentially. I came back and was fine. And I was like, I bet you in three days I'm going to be coughing again. And sure enough, three days later, my ears clogged back up. I was coughing again. And he was like, cool. Here's the thing. I now understand that you know your body. And we like had this very long talk about like, I was like, I just get very defensive because as a fat person, I am used to not being listened to. And he heard that and we had a lovely long, I mean, truly, like, I think we ended up talking for like 45 minutes about that. Like me being like, I came in hot because I was mad. Like when you said that, I understand that you were trying to do your due diligence as a doctor, but also like you have to understand as a fat person, this is what I hear all the time. I hear people not listening to the things I'm saying Mm -hmm. and uh, diagnosing me with something that is not the case. And And I feel like also, oh, sorry not to cut you Oh, no, 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 no. But that has made our relationship great because I just was like, this is the thing. (laughs) Right. And I feel like because like we're so used to not being listened to, we sometimes end up like self-diagnosing ourselves with things or it's like okay well this doesn't feel as bad as it used to so clearly i don't have to go back to the doctor or like yeah i think like the avoidance of doctors for fat people is huge right yeah so it's like i'm probably not gonna like not like me like people will probably think i like you know i'm not gonna go to the doctor unless like i'm severely in pain or like something's truly wrong with me and it's just like i don't like you know so I, i get that conversation yeah yeah well, I hope that this conversation was helpful to people. Um, if you'd like to hear kind of like more data-based conversation, like please let us know. We'll do research. And- also, if you have specific questions yeah. about, you know, situations you found yourself in, like you can always email us at heyitsfatchat at gmail.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're currently banking questions for another fishbowl episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple questions lined up, but we would love a few more. We'd love to answer some questions about medical stuff. Um, just because, like, it really, it, it's a huge, a huge, huge issue. And, like, fat people not receiving adequ- adequate health care is, like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, um, arming yourself with knowledge and having a pl- having a plan. I didn't go. I I went into my my initial appointment without a plan, and I feel so much better 
going into this one with a plan. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Also, for as frazzling as that must have been, because, like, you prepare yourself to go into that. Yeah. It is, uh, I think, a good de- uh, good indicator of what the people in that office are like, that they were yeah. like, don't... Don't like it's cool if you reschedule. Yeah. Like you won't be because we're not like they charge you. We're exactly. Yeah. She was yeah. She was just like, I think it would be wise if you rescheduled. I was like, okay, cool. And she was like so nice to me the whole time. Yeah. Like like so intensely. Like I was like, oh yeah, this paperwork. Should I go like fill it out? She was like, no, just sit here. We'll hang out while you fill that out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. She's like, I have to I have to enter in information about you anyway. So like you sitting here is totally fine. Yeah. And then she was just like, oh, this insurance thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I have this. And she was like, eh, I believe you, but I'm going to call anyway. And and she's like, mm, I, you know, insurance companies can be so weird like this sometimes. And, you know, there was no shame because like the issue with my insurance thing was financial. And there was no shame about that. Yeah. Which I'm like, all right, if there's no like financial shaming here. I feel like financial shaming in a doctor's office and fat shaming in a doctor's Woo! office oftentimes go hand yes, in hand. Yes, yes, yes. And so I'm feeling really, really confident going into this appointment. Yay. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you, podcast babies. We do. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fat Chat Posse. You can find us on Facebook at Fat Chat. And you can shoot us an email at heyitsfatchat at gmail.com. Thanks so much for fattin' with us.